The Guardian. The Guardian live at the Edinburgh Fringe 2008. Thanks a lot for choosing once again to listen to The Guardian live at the Gilded Balloon. We've just had a great show here. I'm uh, backstage now after the show uh, in a slightly echoey dressing room. Jim Jeffries has just shocked us all with his stand-up set. Uh, it was fantastic, though. Stay tuned for that towards the end of the show. Uh, Reginald D. Hunter was a truly insightful first guest, and Nat Lertzima was delightful. Let's join the show at the point where I'm welcoming the audience and explaining to them what's coming up. Uh, hello, uh, thank you very much indeed for coming to the recording of our podcast in the Gilded Balloons Basement Nightclub. Uh, a delicious show we have lined up for you today. Uh, we're joined by greatness. Uh, American comedy titan Reginald D. Hunter will be with us. And we're also doing our bit for the colonies. Australian Jim Jeffries is a guest. Um, we're going to be introducing Chortle's newcomer of the year, 2008, uh, Nat Lertzima. Um, how Chortle can have decided their winners by this stage of the year is a bit of a mystery to me, but maybe, maybe it's a way of getting Chortle's name mentioned and printed on thousands of posters throughout August. Uh, I've mentioned them twice already. It seems to be working. Well done, them. Nat um, is going to be investigating various facets of this truly outstanding cultural festival. Uh, she'll be here on this stage to tell us more. And a Guardian arts writer, Laura Barnett, here, keeping us on Guardian message. Uh, she's going to be telling us what she's seen so far, what to look out for, and, of course, she's here to make sure that we're not taking the piss out of the Guardian, the paranoid pinkos. Um, <laughs> brothers, sisters, breviate. This is the time and place. Please welcome Reginald D. Hunter! <laughs> Reginald, welcome. Thank you, Miles. Uh, are you well? I'm very well, thank you. How about yourself? Uh, not, not, not too bad. All not right, too bad. then. Uh, you're, uh, you're, you're doing a limited run. That's right. Yeah, what, what, what's, what's the reason behind that? Have you gone soft or...? Less of a man, yeah, all of that. Um, what's the reason for that? There was a good reason for it at the beginning of the year when they asked me to sign the papers. What was the reason? Um, diary space? Or? No, um, no oh, I went on holiday for the first time um, in my adult life uh, about eight months ago. Where, yep. where did you go? Miami. Miami? Yeah. Right. Is, is that good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, most major cities in the world are good if you can, you know, have some money in your pocket. Oh. Uh, I mean, if you ain't got no money in your pocket and you got to hump it every day, then I'm sure Edinburgh's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go to Miami? I mean, were you uh, persuaded to by the, the, the popular Will Smith song? No. 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 Had, uh, in fact, it had nothing to do with my choice. Oh, uh, really? Nothing whatsoever. Yeah, just, oh, I see. Um, yeah, I always I imagine mean, that everyone is informed constantly by the opinions of Will Smith. I certainly am as I dance around life. Uh, yeah, it's not really yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> as you ought to be able to guess. Uh, and did you think, you thought that was a smashing holiday? Are you going to have more then? Yeah, I mean, uh, it just gave me a chance to reflect. Just, I mean, I, I work, you know, a little over 300 nights a year. And I've been, yeah, just, just, and I began to ask myself for what. And I think what happens is when you're a young comedian just starting, you know, um, whenever somebody says, come here, and you, you say yes, you get in the habit of going, yes, because, you know, that's your gig, that's your livelihood. Yeah, I'll sleep on the floor. Yeah, I'll take a bus back. Yes. And, you know, it becomes a habit. And 10 years later, you find yourself saying yes to stuff. And when stuff rolls around, you'd be like, fuck, I don't feel like doing this. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, No Country for Grown Men, that is, that's, a, that's a, a nice sort of solid name for your show. Have you, are you veering away from uh, uh, perhaps the more controversial titles that you've used in the past? No, I don't feel that I'm varying in any way. I just, um, I, I've always written titles that, you know, spoke to the times that I was living in and what I was feeling and what was funny to me. Um, I'm sure next year, I will, if I do a show, I'll come up with something crass. So, <laughs> <laughs> you, 
Now, is it, is it true, your, your first gig as a professional comedian, that was as a result, did, was it for a bet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten, ten pounds? Ten pounds. What, what, what happened there? Oh, um, I was with some guys in a pub, and I was, uh, I was in a bad mood about my life, and I was just, I was drunk, and I was talking junk, and, but I was doing it humorously. And so that encouraged the guys to encourage me to come back for the comedy night that was happening there. And um, I didn't have nothing to lose, so I did it. And yeah, just um, when I did my first gig, some guys who booked another gig were there. I did their gig, and some other guys who booked another gig was at that gig. And I've been pretty much working ever since. And that was the start of the roller coaster. Within months, you were sleeping on people's floors and taking night buses. And well, I mean, that was my life at the time. And first year of comedy didn't change it that much. I mean, I pretty much slept on floors and took night buses. But yeah, you know, stole sandwiches out of Tesco's, which I, I still ain't paid them back for that yet. I feel bad about that. You know, they, they, they don't seem to be struggling, do they? I feel so, but I feel guilty every time I buy something from Sainsbury's. I mean, <laughs> uh, you've been, how, how long have you been doing stand-up, if I, if I may ask? Uh, right at 10 years. Right about 10 years. And you, you, came, you came to Britain to, to train as an actor or already yes. as an actor? study as an actor, yeah. Uh, to, I came with the belief that if, um, if I could get trained, uh, classically trained for acting by the British, then that would buy me five extra minutes in New York or L.A. somewhere. <laughs> and um, no, I came here and I just stayed, man. Didn't realize that, you know, it was going to hold, you know, the attraction for me that it did. Now, uh, Tina C was here uh, on an earlier episode. Of was like, she just? Was well, she just? Right. And she looking uh, swell uh-huh. uh, as, as ever. She came on uh, uh, naked in, in, well, in transvestite terms. I mean, she was dressed like, like you and I, uh, which was a surprise. Uh, now, she... she um, <laughs> I, I mean, do you know what... Like, wasn't, she wasn't dressed as a woman. She was dressed oh. as... Oh, okay. But, but she was still she. She was, you know... Well, it's, it's a grey air, isn't it? Certainly, certainly purely in, in audio. Wow, she opened terms. up this can of worms. Get us out of this. All right, yes. All right, I'm panicking. I'll move to question number nine on the script. That will turn to... Uh, that might get us... Uh, uh, she, was, she was here. She, she uh, Tina, is, yeah. uh, she's running for presidency of the United States of America. Do you, do you still get to vote in America? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but I have to, you know, make a few special efforts. Like, I either have to go down to the American embassy and fill out some form work or go back to the States and just hang around till the election happens. Oh, and are you planning on doing that? Uh, no, I'm not planning <laughs> to do that. Um, would, who would you vote were you going to, which you aren't? Well, I'm one of them people who, if I had to vote, I would vote for Barack Obama, but I feel like a vote for either candidate is a vote for an extremely morally corrupt system in the first place. So I just, I mean, I'm sort of torn. I mean, on the one hand, I feel like I don't want to vote because it's corrupt. But then on the other hand, I can hear my dad, but he's black, he's black, he's going to vote. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. Man. Now, you've, uh, you, uh, uh, so you're a classically trained actor. You've ended up, uh, I say ended up, you've chosen uh, the path of stand-up comedian. But you've done, uh, Britt Eklund, Britt Eklund was here, where, sitting where you are. Britt Eklund. Britt Eklund, the Bond girl. Yeah. Oh, Oh, uh, she she, she Bond girl from way back, right? Yes, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, let's not get her confused with Halle Berry, okay? Uh, <laughs> or other current hotties. Yeah. Uh, 
No, she, uh, she, she, well, she was... Tina C for that. I'm Tina right. C, yeah. <laughs> but she is, though, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. Um, she Tina C should be a Bond girl. That'd be cool. She, I, I think she's absolutely smashing. Uh, it's confusingly attractive. No, uh, <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we were talking about pantomime. Myself and Brits, the Bond girl that I was chatting to. Oh, yeah. do you, do you, uh, have you have you done pantomime? Yes, yes, I've experienced uh, British tradition pantomime. It's, well, uh, it, no, it's a vital part of storytelling, isn't it? A very important. It, part it of seems art. to be in the UK. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Why has the rest of the world not embraced it? Um, I think it's boring. <laughs> but I mean, you know, hey, you know, people like what they like, man. Some people like Marmite and Toast. What can you say, man? You know. What What, what pantomime are you in? I did uh, Long John Silver. Um, the Treasure oh, Island pantomime? Yeah, yep. Yes, it's not one of the most traditional pantomime stories, is it? Well, I went to Rada. And, oh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, we did um, another one that involved a wolf and a rabbit. That's what I, I can't remember. But I remember... So I remember little, little Red Riding Hood, is that... A wolf and a rabbit. No, I wasn't Little Red Riding Hood. Uh, I was a wolf that kept giving this rabbit very bad advice. All right. And <laughs> the rabbit only discovered at the end that I was not a true friend. But actually a paid psychotherapist. Wasn't yeah. It? What, what sort of advice were you giving? <laughs> what, what sort of advice were you giving the rabbit? I was... Uh, basically telling the rabbit that it was okay to go through certain fields when actually there was lots of thorns. <laughs> and um, there was like, uh, I told him to go down this one part of the forest when there was like lots of men with guns. And they shot at the rabbit and he barely got away. And even then he did not suspect that I was not his friend. <laughs> What, what was your motivation? Did you want the rabbit dead? Um, I, I think I was evil. I think I was evil. I don't think it was just any, you know, dumbness on my part. I think I actually had an end for the rabbit. I mean, it might not have been written that way. I might have brought my ego to it and just <laughs> tried to give the, the wolf motives. Yeah. You know. Perhaps originally meant to be just part of the dance comedy, but you thought I could step in here, help the rabbit out. Method mime. That's what I called it, man. I was in the method mime. Method mime, let's yeah. get a rabbit gun down. That's right. Uh, well, that sounds uh, a genuinely exciting piece of drama. I can't pretend. Uh, uh, well, let's hope it's revived, perhaps brought onto the Edinburgh Festival, perhaps could lure you back onto the stage in the guise of an actor. Reginald. Well, I'm not going to pretend it was art, but hey, you know, <laughs> it went pretty good, you know. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, will you please uh, do your very best to catch Reginald D. Hunter performing No Country for Grown Men at the Pleasance Courtyard, and do keep an eye out for any upcoming tours. Ladies and gentlemen, please thank Reginald D. Hunter. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, debutante season continues on the Guardian uh, podcast. Last time out, we were joined by Sarah Milliken. Uh, today, we'd like to introduce you to a bright new star of the comedy circuit. Please welcome Nat Lutzema. Nat, Reg, do you, do you know each other? Are you yeah. acquainted? Yeah. We've gigged together. You've gigged together on yes. the circuit? Yep, yep, yep. She's got game. I beg, I beg your pardon? <laughs> <laughs> I said she has game, white boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
it's got very feisty out here already. It, it certainly has. It's my, it's my aggressive stance. See, that's, I used that technique when I was playing the wolf, talking to the rabbit. Yeah. Oh, it was a white rabbit? It was a yeah, very white rabbit. That was your but it wasn't a black wolf. <laughs> hey, man, talk to Nat. <laughs> uh, Nat, uh, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, now, thank you for I'm, having me. I, I imagine this podcast will hang around in the Ethernet for, for, for centuries. So for the benefit of people listening in the future, have I pronounced your surname correctly? Le- Perfectly. Lertzima. Yeah. Lertzima. It's Dutch. It's Dutch, is it? Oh, right. How, how long have you been here? I, I was how, born here. You were born here, yeah. right. No, I was asking from a sort of semantic point of view. It wasn't a kind of, uh, you know, history of movements of people. It wasn't, it wasn't reactionary racism, oh, God, uh, obviously. Girls. There's been My... quite enough of that. Um, <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the Comedy Zone. Um, it's uh, four uh, new stand-ups in, uh, uh, all doing a show together. One of us comparing, three of us doing 20-minute sets. Right, who, who um, else is involved? Ellis James is our compare, Henry Packer and Tom Deacon. Oh, and, you, and you're having a good time together? Yeah, yeah, we are. It's, it's quite a scary venue. I've never played one that big before. Oh, uh, Rachel will tell you. Uh, I felt a bit like a kind of yelling flea in a can for the first four <laughs> days, but um, this might be why I've lost my voice now. And you're, you're also doing a show called Homework for Heroes. Yes, yeah, that's, uh, that's on the Free Fringe, and that is about um, tiny acts of heroism. Um, it's, quite, it's quite heartwarming. It's on in the afternoon, so I've had to rein in my filthy ways. <laughs> what, what are they? I, I couldn't say. It's the Guardian podcast. <laughs> right, yes, well, it's not been always family-friendly. We had Brendan Burns on the other day calling... Oh, it was disgusting. Uh, I know. I uh, saw piss flaps have no place on the Guardian podcast. <laughs> Well, you'd That's think. what he said. I guess you had to be here. Uh, but, of course, you can download and listen, check out what we're talking about. That could make sense of your day. Uh, now, uh, you were listed in the London paper, the prestigious London paper, <laughs> as uh, uh, one of London's most prestigious free newspapers, as uh, one of the top 30 people under 30 uh, to watch in London. Uh, I mean, that is quite... It was quite, quite a, a qualified, uh, yeah, award, that one. That is, was, that, was that all comedians? No, weirdly, I was jostling against um, sports people and actors and fashion designers. I don't really understand myself. I just found it in the paper and saved one for my mum. <laughs> she does, she does not live in an area where she gets access to the London paper? It's Daily Mail for her all the way, to be honest. Sorry. Guardian podcast. She... Yeah. I know. I've tried my best, but she's not moving on this issue. But she's, she turns out to be a fascist. Well... <laughs> Life must go on. Uh, now, you're not just here to entertain uh, the good comedy audiences uh, uh, of Edinburgh. You're also carrying out some specially uh, commissioned investigations for us. This week, I believe you investigated some things that people can go and do in between their choices of festival shows, uh, uh, an investigation into, into show fillers, mm-hmm. uh, if you will. Where, where have you been doing this investigation? Uh, just all round and about, chatting to the good people of Edinburgh. Uh, well, Nat, let's listen to the fruits of your findings. Nat, let's see Generally sitting here and heckling the people who bring round the flyers. Normally we like to just research some of the magazines to find out what, what other shows are on. Taking a walk or jogging. I enjoy sitting around waiting, hoping someone gives me free tickets. I find sleep in between shows quite quite helpful. Find a Wi-Fi spot and sit down. Reading flyers about other shows, uh, eating and drinking and walking between venues. Recovering. Probably meditation, Buddhists or otherwise. Window shopping. Walking about, seeing some street entertainment. Talk absolute bollocks. Sleeping, talking, bollocks. Some, someone said jogging, didn't they? It seems mm. a slightly odd thing to do between shows. 
Unless well, you're late for your next one, I suppose, yes. Oh, right, yes. I like the man who said walking in between venues. So that's just a necessary thing. It's not a hobby or an activity. <laughs> trying to boast that's his own particular thing that he's come mm. up with. Well, what I like to do, I like to get from A to B sometimes. Mm. Just to... Occasionally, I inhale and exhale. It's just the way I roll. <laughs> Uh, Reginald, what, Sir? Uh, what do you like doing in between shows? Um, it depends on the length of time I have between shows. Like, uh, if I got, like, just an hour, then I like to just sit down and collect my thoughts in anticipation of the next uh, bit of work that I have to do. If I have two hours, um, <laughs> I, like to, um, I like to just sit quietly and prepare for my next bit of work. <laughs> With a joint. And uh, um, if I have three hours or more, then... How, how many of these have you got, by the way, before we... Have you got one for 17 hours? Or... Hey, look, man, you asked me, man. No. <laughs> Can't get all shishi poo poo about the answer, man, OK? Once again, jumping with the shishi poo poo uh, <laughs> On it goes. Uh, now, uh, uh, if you're honest, Nat, mm-hmm. what, uh, what was the most popular between shows activity? What... What really yeah, sung there, to you? There was one overwhelming answer that I suppose seems a bit obvious now. Well, drinking, obviously. Sit around and have a couple of beers in the courtyard. Drinking? Drink. Drinking. Drink. Strong liquor. Drink. Drink. Normally I just find a place to sit down and have a beer. Vast quantities of good quality cider. <laughs> I'll have a couple of drinks. Mainly sitting here drinking. Used to having a few drinks outside. So have a glass of wine. Drinking. 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 I'm going to go off investigating after the festival now. I have that jingle <laughs> in a van with a troop of people. Uh, well, uh, drinking seems to be the popular choice. That should, uh, 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 well, be terrifying, frankly, to any comedian who's thinking of doing any sort of subtle or intelligent humour this festival, but nonetheless. Uh, Nat, let's see, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Uh, do stay where you are. Uh, we're going to be getting an idea of what to look forward to at the Fringe with Guardian arts writer and a girl with a splendid voice for a podcast. Ladies and gentlemen... Laura Barnett. <laughs> Laura, uh, welcome. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Hello, for thank on. you for letting me come along and see what you're doing in the name of our newspaper. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, as long as there's no sort of not in our name protests. Uh, 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 so far on the podcast, on the, uh, the, the Guardian team, Brian Logan, he managed to see ten shows in a day. That, He's lying. Is he definitely lying? Definitely. He does, he does look like a liar. <laughs> uh, uh, Paul McInnes, he managed one. Mm. Uh, where are you on that scale? I'm somewhere in the middle. I think my maximum so far is six in a day. That's your... But I'm a lot busier than them in the morning. Oh, really? What, what do you do in the morning? Oh, talk to the desk in London, sort out what we're doing and tell them what to do. Talk to the desk in London? That's yeah. sounds lovely. nice and vague, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Talking to a desk? Is that, I mean, that's, does that mean something or are you basically <laughs> mentally disintegrating? Uh, <laughs> It's just the effect of being here, you know. I just, I just have to ring up the desk sometimes and just, you know. Yeah, where's some furniture? I need to talk to someone. <laughs> uh, now, uh, what, what shows have you seen so far? I have seen a whole load of different shows. Um, the first show I saw, I literally got off the train um, from London and went and saw a show called The Factory, uh, which is in a sort of underground series of rooms under the Pleasance Courtyard. Um, and it's about... Uh, this is going to get quite depressing now, if anyone's ready for this, but it's about the experience of um, Jewish prisoners in Auschwitz being taken to the gas chamber, and it was a really, really amazing experience. But um, I like to follow that with a bit of comedy, so that I saw Sarah Millican, who was very funny. 
Yeah. Uh, um, yes. Yes, indeed. She was. She, she was with us on our on our, on our last show. Uh, what are you? Uh, what are you most looking forward to seeing? Um, I'm going to get down to the Traverse and see Daniel Kitson's show, 66A Church Road, um, which looks really good. And I've missed architecting as well, which is down there. Um, and I interviewed Andrew Maxwell the other day, and um, when I rang him up, he was still asleep um, to do the interview. So uh, I had to wake him up, and he was very grumpy. So I'm going to go down and see his show. Do and he owes me a drink, so I'll t- certainly take him off on that. Did, did he promise you a drink, or you feel he owes you a drink as a result of his... Well, he felt so bad for being such a difficult interviewee that he actually phoned me back <laughs> and said, I'm really sorry, I was really stroppy. <laughs> really? <laughs> Please come and find me and I'll buy you a drink, so I'm going to hold him. Please don't write bad shit about me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that, that is the translation, isn't it? <laughs> uh, uh, now, <laughs> who, who else have you, uh, have you interviewed... Uh, I up, yeah. have interviewed. Um, who else have I interviewed? Oh gosh, Simon Munnery yesterday. Little Simon Munnery, how was that? He was very good value. He told me all about painting uh, and his penchant for swimming. And uh, apparently, he's rather dangerous to have in the pool. He said he managed to actually sink an old man three times last year. <laughs> so watch out if you see him coming towards you in a swimming pool in Edinburgh soon. Uh, well, he would be very distinctive even in a swimming pool, wouldn't he, with his unusually beaky face? He would indeed. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm doing a show with uh, Simon. I've, I've spent a lot of time with him this year. We, we, we toured Scotland for five weeks in a van, so we've reached a sort of point of intimacy that very few people... Uh, I, I mean, social, social intimacy, obviously, or whatever. Uh, I mean, nobody else knows uh, how much he loves tickling. Uh, a lot. <laughs> he, really, he really does love tickling. Uh, now, uh, and, 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 and who wouldn't? Uh, now, that will probably be cut, Richard, I do hope, so I can see you yawning. Uh, now... <laughs> I keep hearing about people with an early nomination buzz, uh, but that is only from their own PR people. You have your ear to the ground. What have you heard? Uh, We are liking Andrew Lawrence a lot. Um, I went to see him yesterday, and I thought he was just absolutely hilarious. So um, I think he might well be in with a good chance this year. When you say say we are liking... I was was talking collectively as a representative of The Guardian. I wasn't using a sort of royal we. Yes, the royal we would be a slightly unusual thing for Guardian staff members to use. No, we would would be sacked were we to do that. Uh, Oh, really? (laughs) If anyone expresses any sentiment that isn't completely Republican, it's all up against the wall. Yeah. Sorry, was that an instance of you taking the mickey out of the newspaper? Because we are going to have to shut this podcast down if that happens again. Oh, really? Just like communism, it's all gone bad, hasn't it? We're keeping a very close eye on you, Miles. Uh, likewise. Um, <laughs> Laura Barnett, thank you very much for coming down and talking to us uh, today. Uh, now, uh, we've got a great guest coming up next who's going to be performing uh, some live stand-up for us. Uh, before we say hello to him, let's say a big thank you to Reginald D. Hunter, Nat Lersima and Laura Barnett. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jim Jeffries. Thank you. I don't like this is too early for this light, man. Hello, my name's Jim. You know about me already. I'm from Australia. I tell jokes and that sort of stuff. I work mostly in America now. And uh, I just come back from America. I was out there doing some auditions. And I met this girl in this audition that I was doing. And then in the afternoon, I get a call back to read with the same girl. So it's like we're mates now. And afterwards, I said to her, I said, Carla... Do you have any taxi cab numbers? I've got to get to me next audition. She goes, where are you trying to get to? And I said, Santa Monica. And she goes, that's where I'm going. I'll give you a lift. 
Now, please note at this stage of the story, I didn't ask for the lift, right? We go down to the car. She gets in. She unwinds me window. She looks out and goes, Jim, what's your full name? And I went, Jim Jeffries. And she went, wait there. Then she called her mum up and said, hi, mum, it's Carla. I just met a very nice boy at the audition today, and I'm going to give him a lift. But in case I get raped or murdered, his name's Jim Jeffries. So if you don't hear from me in an hour, assume something bad has happened and call the cops. Get in, Jim, right? So we got like a 10-mile drive. I say fucking nothing for the first five miles. I just look forward. Then eventually I turn to her and go, you've just made this rape really awkward, right? <laughs> she fucking freaks out. She slams her foot on the brakes. She skids off the fucking motorway. She starts slapping at me. Now I'm grabbing her wrist. Now I feel kind of rapey and I didn't want to. And I'm like, you offered the lift. I didn't ask for the fucking lift. You seem more concerned with solving this crime than preventing it. <laughs> so I raped her to teach her a lesson. This isn't meant to be on a Guardian podcast, Miles. Perfect. I, uh, every time I go back to Australia, I get my, uh, my physical check done with me doctor that I grew up with because I trust him. And I take a lot of drugs and I drink a lot and I'm not here for long and I've got bad blood pressure. And uh, so the doctor was doing my blood pressure in Sydney and he's like, Jim, your blood pressure's too high. You're gonna have to go on medication. I'm like, well, I don't wanna go on medication. He's like, well, you fucking have to because that's how doctors in Australia talk. And then he goes, I'll cut your break, go back to England, get your blood pressure checked again. But if you get the same readout or higher, you're on medication, right? So I go back to my English doctor, get me blood, uh, I go back to my English doctor, get me blood pressure checked again. I get exactly the same readout that I got in Australia. And my English GP goes, oh, you're good. <laughs> and I went, what? The doctor in Australia said that was too high. And he went, ah, Australians with their salads and sport. <laughs> their standards are too high. By British standards, you're good. So I'm an unhealthy Australian, but I'm a healthy British person. I think as my health gets worse, I'm going to move to shittier countries until eventually I'm the healthiest man in Rwanda. And there's going to be some doctor going, you've only got HIV, it's not even AIDS yet. Stop your bitching and join the soccer team. I'm in South Africa with a comedian called uh, uh, Jason Wood, right? Very good comic, extraordinarily gay. Before I tell this story, if there's any gay people in the room, I'm not homophobic. I just think if you can take a dick up your ass, you can take a joke. Now, we went out to a gay bar in Cape Town called Broncos and we took two ecstasy tablets each and he's off on the dance floor trying to get some dick and I'm standing at the end of the bar chatting to a couple of lads I've never met before and one of them goes, you're wasted, aren't you? And I went, Yep. And he goes, do you want to come to the bathroom with me? Now, as a drug taker, I think he's offering me a line of coke. So I went, would I? Not only did I do that, but I put my arm around him, dragged him off to the toilet and went, this is going to be fucking awesome, mate. I, I went into the cubicle first to wipe the seat down. Then I leant out and beckoned him in, right? Now, I don't know about all the men in the room, but I know these days when I get me old fella sucked off, he takes a little while to stand to attention. But he must have really liked me because he walked in with what I can only describe as a great big black cock. He uh, shut the door to the cubicle. There are now three people in the cubicle, me, him, and the great big black cock. Just to give you the dimensions of the man, he's this tall, he's this wide, the cock's erect, it's poking into my stomach. I look up at him and I go, 
I thought we were going to do some coke. And he went, do you want some coke first? And I went, I only want coke. But I can see how with your accent, you may have mistaken it for cock. Uh, Enjoy that, Guardian. So what do we get out? We got uh, some drug references, uh, some mild racism and a bit of rape. Um, So come to my show. Bring mum. Uh, Buy me DVD is a good present for your kids if you want welfare to take them. Uh, My name's Jim Jeffries. Thanks a lot. Goodbye. See you later. Ladies and gentlemen, Jim Jeffries. Thanks very much for listening all the way through. Make sure you investigate more Edinburgh coverage from The Guardian at guardian.co.uk. Keep downloading these podcasts. Right, OK, I hope you can edit something out of that. That was an absolute farce. For more great downloads, go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio.